everyone. Welcome to Together Church's online campus experience. My name is Steve Rhodes. I'm lead pastor here, and I am so excited that you're joining us. Hey, if it's your first time watching or listening with us today, why don't you do me a favor and send me a message on whatever platform you're enjoying this and let me know where you're watching from and let us know how we can better connect with you. You can send us your prayer request. You can mention some needs that you have in your life. Just help us to better connect with you. If you're a regular here and you want to continue supporting us with um, your tithes and offerings, you can go to mytogetherchurch.com and you can give your tithes and offerings there in our give portal. So we have been in the book of Acts for the last several weeks and, and I, I've been noticing a common phrase in the first several chapters of the book of Acts and it's this Jesus. This Jesus. Six times I've read the phrase uh, so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about these six phrases, and some of them will be grouped together. Some of them, like today's, will be by themselves, and it's interesting to see the different people who use this phrase, this Jesus. And I think it's safe to say, uh, as we're studying the book of Acts, and we're seeing the development, the baby steps, and even the thriving of the early church, all of that is built on one thing, this Jesus. And I want you to hear this. Your life is built on and is blessed by this Jesus. Your life is under attack and you're facing opposition because of this Jesus. But I want you to know, that you will win every battle that you face and you will thrive just like the early church did because of this Jesus. So I want us to look at the first mention of this Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you. This message today is a shouting message, right? Uh, you may not know what that is, but a shouting message is one of those messages that just gets you amped up. It gets you excited. It just makes you feel like you can charge into hell with a water pistol. You know what I'm saying? This is the type of message uh, growing up in a Pentecostal church that, that we, we, we would say um, that this is a sister shout about it. Y'all know sister shout about it? Sister, sister shout about it. If she couldn't shout about it, she didn't want to hear about it. You know what I'm saying? They, Pentecostals like those, you know, full energy, full go type sermons. And I feel like this is one of those sermons. If you don't know what I'm talking about right now, you're like, hey, Pastor Steve, you, you're, I don't even understand what you, you're saying. I don't understand what you're saying. I, I want you to do this. I want you to look in your phone, find that crazy Pentecostal uh, friend that you have. We all have one. And just go, hey, wh what's a shouting message? You'll get a response. You'll find out. You'll find out. But anyways, all right, so the first mention of this phrase, this Jesus, happens in Acts chapter number one. Acts chapter number one, we're going to start in verse six. Now, this is where Jesus is ascending back into heaven. And it says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. What an exciting promise for you and for me. That Jesus will one day come in the same way as the disciples saw him leaving into heaven. Now, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves in this moment. Many people, when we look at this and the saying that happened, many people believe that in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit descended down into the church, that this is what the, the angel was talking about. But I don't believe that's the case. Because the angel told them clearly um, that he is going to come back in the same manner that he went up. Jesus left in his glorified body, but his Holy Spirit came as a spirit, not a physical body. I believe it's my interpretation that he is literally going to come physically. Much like the, the disciples saw him go, I believe we will see him come back. Now, the disciples didn't see the Holy Spirit came. They heard him. They felt him. They experienced him, but they didn't see him. And, and we will touch on the second coming a little bit today. And um, I, I just believe as a church that Jesus will return to earth one day. And this is what the angels are proclaiming in this moment. And for many years, we have used the coming of Christ to literally scare the hell out of people. You know what I'm saying? That we wanted them to fear the rapture. We wanted them to fear the second coming of Christ. And we used all types of methods and there was movies and everything to scare people. To make them fear hell so much they give their life to Christ. But that's the wrong way of doing it. And that's the wrong interpretation of these scriptures, in my opinion. We love those around us, right? Because they love us. Not, not because of what they could do if we don't love them, right? We, we love people because they love us. Or we just love people because of who they are. Are. And Christ, we, we have to, uh, to, to encounter the love of Christ, not the fear. And that's what this is about, because the second coming of Christ is a joyous celebration. It's a joyous occasion. This is the blessed hope of the believer, that Jesus Christ is coming back to set the world back into order and to do away with sin, hate, depression, anger, envy, pain, grief. He's going to do away with it. And we can look forward to that day. The angels in this moment was proclaiming 
the angels in this moment was proclaiming a joyous declaration that Jesus will come back. Come on, someone. This has to excite you, right? This excites me. This is going to excite you. And let's dig a little bit further into this statement because we need to be celebrating. We need to be excited about the return of Christ. Now, let's break down this Jesus part and let's see what the, the angels were trying to get us excited about. Now, I know you're taking notes. I know you have a pen. I know you can screenshot moments in this message. If you're driving, listen to this on Spotify or Apple Play, Google Play, whatever you may be listening to this on. Don't take notes, okay? Make mental notes, okay? All right, be safe about this. Excited because of who this Jesus was. All right, let's talk about this. This Jesus that you followed for the last three and a half years, this Jesus that healed your mother-in-law, Peter, this Jesus that healed the blind men, this Jesus who forgave the adulteress, this Jesus who turned water into wine, this Jesus fed thousands twice. This Jesus was with you in your lowest moments. This Jesus died for your sins. This Jesus paid the price that you couldn't pay. This Jesus rose from the dead. This Jesus, this Jesus is the one who will be coming back for you. Mm. The angels wanted to remind the disciples of who Jesus was to them. Why? Because we can find joy in Christ's return because of who he has proven to be in our lives. This Jesus that we experienced every day up until now. The Jesus who's healed our bodies. This Jesus who has saw us through our uh, lowest moments of our lives. This Jesus who picked us up out of depression. This Jesus who has helped us through the lowest points of our life. This Jesus is physically coming back for us. And we could find joy in that. So think through this. Think, think about this. Think about this. Who has Jesus been to you over the years of you being a Christian? Who has Jesus been to you over the months of you being a Christian? Who has Jesus already proven himself to be if only you've been a Christian for a few days? Who has he proven himself to be? What miracles has Jesus done for you? What battles has he won for you? Who, uh, who was he in the lowest points of your life? How close did you feel him in those weak moments? And who else was there? Who else made a way where there seemed to be no way in your life? My excitement for a future return is based in a past of faithfulness from this Jesus. Come on, someone. Everything you've gone through has built the character of who he is in your life. Everything that he has sought, saw you through, everything that he has helped you through, everything that he's pulled you through, right? Some things that we didn't want to go through, but he helped, through, uh, helped us through it. That Jesus is coming back and he's going to set everything right. I love this scripture in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
The same Jesus who helped you through everything that you've gone through. The same Jesus who has healed you time after time after time. He wants to do it today, and he's going to do it tomorrow and the day after until the day of his return. He is going to make sure that you make it through this life so we can be excited because of who he is, who he was to us. All right, second thing, we can be excited because of who this Jesus is. All right, come on, y'all get your shout shoes on now. All right, girls, loosen up them bobby pins. You know what I'm saying? We're about to get into some shouting, uh, shouting message right here, okay? In the very moment that the angel was declaring this to his disciples, this moment, this Jesus was the resurrected, hell-defeating, life-giving, seated at the right hand of the Father and Assessor who conquered death, hell, and the grave. He is the all-powerful, all-knowing Christ that is our strength and our help. Come on, somebody. In this moment, not long before, Jesus was in the tomb. All hope was lost. Three days later, Jesus rises from the grave. He comes back to life in his glorified, resurrected body. And for the last 40, 50 days, he has been walking with these disciples. That's who Jesus was in this moment. This wasn't the man hanging on the cross. This is the all-powerful Christ that is ready to free the world from the fears and pains of the sin-filled life. Come on, this ain't exciting you. I don't know what, what will. This Jesus who they saw going up into heaven is on his way to sit down at the right hand of the Father. This Jesus is on his way to make intercession for you to the Father. Romans 8, 31-35 What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring this charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. He, excuse me, who is he to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sore. Come on, somebody. He is at the right hand of the Father, and he is interceding for you that nothing, nothing will stop you. Mm -hmm. This Jesus is in heaven preparing a place for you to come and to live forever and ever and ever. That's who Jesus was in this moment. John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, where Jesus is at this moment, where I am, may you may be also. And you know the 
way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we say, how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known the Father also. For now on, you do know him and have seen him. The Jesus who was ascending into heaven, this Jesus who was going into heaven is going and was going to make a place and is making a place right now for you and I to dwell with him forever in heaven. In the Jewish culture of the day, it was common when a man would find a lady uh, who he wanted to marry, that he would go back to his father's house and he would build on an extra room onto that house for him and for his wife to come and live. He would be gone for several months, even a year, maybe longer, building a place for him and his wife to return to be together. And that's what Jesus is using to demonstrate in this moment. He goes, I need to return to heaven so I could add on to my father's house that where I'm going, you can come also. So right now, we can't see Jesus, but he's at the, he's at, first off, he's at the right hand of the father. He's interceding for us. But, 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 but further than that, he is in heaven and he's creating a place for you and I to come and to dwell and to be with him forever. That when he comes back to this earth and he sets up his kingdom and heaven comes down to earth and, and all things are made, made right, he has prepared a place for you to be with him. Jesus is in heaven right now praying for you and he's preparing a place for you to come and to dwell. A place where there's no pain, no suffering, no sin. No hate, no regrets, no depression, no anger. That's the place he's preparing for you. That the things that trouble us, the hate that we see on this earth, the pain of living in a sin-filled world, he's going to do away with. And he's creating this place for us to dwell without any of that. And the angels came to remind the disciples that all was bright and joyous. Jesus is gone, but he still exists. He left us, but he's not dead. And we are not paralyzed because Jesus is away. He lives today. Listen, this great Redeemer lives. Come on, someone. This is something to get excited about. So the first thing we said, we're excited for his return because of who he has proven to be. We're excited for his return because of who he is now. And we're, number three, we're excited because this Jesus is coming back to this earth. Get your pen ready. Get ready to do some screenshots here, okay? Got a lot of scriptures, and they're good, okay? They're good scriptures. They're going to encourage you. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom won shall not be destroyed. Let's keep going. Matthew 24, verse 29. 
Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and he and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to take place, strengthen up, Raise up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. One last scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The return of Christ is not something to be feared, but it's something that should excite us and motivate us to live our life to the fullest. And that's what I believe the angel was doing in this moment. He was trying to excite the disciples that don't be full of sorrow. Let me say it this way. I believe the angel was telling the disciples to let the joyful expectation of this coming swallow up the sorrow of his de departure. Okay, for you and I, I want to say it this way. Let the joyful expectation of this coming swallow up the sorrow of this life. I'm going to repeat that. And I want you to write it down somewhere. I want you to write it somewhere where you can keep it in front of you. Let the joyful expectation of this coming swallow up the sorrow of this life, no matter the heartache that you've been through, no matter the life that you've been dealt. It hasn't been fair. It hasn't been what you wanted. You wouldn't have picked this life out. You have gone through things that I can't even imagine. But I want you to let there be a joyful expectation that Jesus is coming again and this sorrow will be forgotten. I won't remember it any longer that what I'm going through in this life right now is for a season. It's for a season and there will be a day where I will be an overcomer in what I've gone through and that when Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom in this world, I will forget every bad thing that I've ever gone through. I'll forget every sorrow that I've faced. I'll forget every person who has come against me. I'll at this moment would have fully forgiven everyone because I wouldn't have remembered it any longer because of his presence, of his glory and his power and his love. When he returns to this earth, I won't remember those issues and those problems that I've gone through. I can endure in this life because I know that one day it'll be over and not just for me, but for everyone. 
Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, he will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting for him. How can we eagerly wait for Jesus? We have to be excited about it. We have to find comfort in it. We have to understand that Jesus is coming, and I don't have to worry about what tomorrow brings. All right, my hope today is not in the stock market. It's not in my retirement funds, and it's not in my home equity. But my hope is in the triumphal return of this Jesus. Our Christian minds delight to dwell in, in, in Christ's birth, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. But all four of these events point to the fifth thing, and that's his return. His death, his burial, his virgin birth, his resurrection, the ascension back into heaven, all points to his return. You might be going through it right now. Bills may be stacking up. Loved ones are leaving us too soon. It doesn't seem like there's a way out of all the struggles and the issues that we've gone through. Your addiction might be getting tighter and tighter and tighter. But I want you to hold fast. This Jesus. This Jesus is coming back for you. He's going to do it for you. The second coming is a hope for you. It's a hope for me. And one day, maybe we'll do a deeper dive into the second coming and what that means. Maybe we'll do a, a journey through Revelation or something. I don't know. This is kind of a surf, surface level talking about the second coming, but but today, no matter what you're facing, one day it'll be forgotten. And you can make it. When we set our eyes on Jesus and say, Jesus, I know that everything may look scary right now. It may look like there's no hope in this world, that, that we keep getting more evil, more hateful, more intimidating. But one day Jesus is coming to fix all that. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be in our lifetime, but he's coming. And when we descend out of heaven back into this earth, when the new heavens and the new earth come back and we get to rule and reign with Christ, we'll forget about those, those sorrows that we had. And I want you to find hope in Jesus. This is why it's called the blessed hope, because he is coming back. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for me. He's coming back for those who are eagerly waiting for him. So today, be excited. Be hopeful. Be filled with hope because Jesus is coming back. We'll see him. We'll hear him. The same way he went up, the same way he'll come down. And I look forward to that day.
because that's when Jesus is going to right every wrong. Come on, someone. I want to pray. God, uh, we just want to thank you right now in this moment that you're coming again, Jesus. God, I thank you for who you have been in my life. God, I thank you for who you are right now. But God, I just want to thank you that you are the soon coming king. God, we may not fully ever understand what, what that all entails, but I can know and I do understand and I believe that you're coming back and you're going to set up your kingdom again in this earth. You're not coming to judge sin, but you're coming to save those who are eagerly awaiting you, Jesus. So right now, God, I want to take a moment to worship you and to thank you, Jesus. God, that you ascended back into heaven. And you're sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us in this moment, God. God, and you are preparing a place for us. So God, in this moment, while me and the rest of our together churches, uh, families praying right now, God, that, that we lift up our hands and we lift up worship and praise to you, God, that, that we're not asking of anything after this sermon, but we're thanking you. We're worshiping you, God, that you are coming again. We thank you that you have not left us, Lord. You have not forgotten about us, Lord. But God, you're coming back for your children. We thank you for that, God. And if there's anyone right now who's watching, God, who li they're living in a life of fear and uncertainty, uh, God, I pray that they can receive this love that you have, God, and this excitement that, that you're coming back for them, God. God, we thank you for what you're doing here at Together Church. We give the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of Together Church today. We can't do this without you. You are a part of our church family. So wherever you're enjoying this content, please send me a message. Let me know how I can connect with you. Uh, let me know how we can pray with you. Let us know what we can celebrate with you. And if you want to give financially, you can go to mytogetherchurch.com. You can go to the gift portal and pay tithes and offerings and any type of donation to better help what we're doing here uh, it, with Together Church in our local community, but also in our online campus. We want to find ways that we can bless and, and give uh, into you and to your life. Uh, so you can go once again to mytogetherchurch.com. And guys, we love you. I'm excited that Jesus is coming back. I'm hoping you have that same excitement after today's message. And if this has been encouraging to you, why don't you send it to someone who needs to hear it? And we love you, and we will see you next Sunday.